The Start. On Demand. On Demand. Today we spent loads of time, oodles of time, talking about local retail and celebrating local business. Focusing today on 680CJOB on local retail and the holiday season, we spoke with Toad Hall Toys to find out what they're hoping for this year after the 2020 holiday season was a little weird, to say the least. We also checked in with Third and Bird. The Christmas market is this weekend. Is the supply chain hurting the makers, hurting the small independent vendors who will be at the market. Breakfast with the Bombers, Wade Miller joined us to tell us more about what they're planning for the Western Final. And the Winnipeg Jets are in action tonight against Edmonton. We had a visit with head coach Paul Maurice. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, November 16th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. All right, so that was, uh, <laughs> that, you know what, that was appropriate because I wanted to start the show with uh, a confession because uh, I feel like I owe Tristan Field-Jones, our colleague, some thanks because yesterday went out to dinner with Tristan and Joe Aiello, our colleague at Power 97, to his restaurant, Frankie's. Delicious meal was had. And um, the problem is I didn't, get a nap in yesterday. Uh-oh. Dinner was at 6, so I, I thought, okay, I have to get a, sneak in a nap because we could be there till 9, 10 o'clock. I don't know. And, uh, but I just didn't get around to that nap because I ended up... Have, I, got, I, I was saddled with a task that I had, had to take care of. It gobbled up my nap time. So we went to the restaurant, had a great time, but Brett was tired at the end. And I... And I <laughs> we get to my place, but all I hear is Tristan's voice saying, Brett... Brett, you're home. And, yeah. I, and I go, what? <laughs> and then I fell back asleep right in front of my apartment. Like in the car? In the or car, cab? Or, in oh, the wow. Car. Did Tristan have to carry you inside, no. Brett? He eventually just kind of pushed me out of the car. But uh, anyway, so that was, uh, I thought, very, that was amusing. Tristan, thank you for putting up with my nonsense. Uh, but yeah, today's forecast, Loren calls for a 100% chance of nap time and uh, snoozing shall commence at approximately 11.30 a.m. I can't remember a day in the last month where my first thought when my eyes open is, when will I get to close them again? Like, I, <laughs> like every morning that alarm goes off and I think, here we go. Okay, you just this, you have to get through the show, then you got a couple of meetings, you make some phone calls. Uh, one? Two? Can we sleep at two? Can we do a three? What about eight p.m.? Will it be a nine p.m. bedtime? Like I just, all I want to do, man, is sleep right now. Well, yesterday we were shooting. Uh, hate to tell you this, folks, but the commercials are coming back in January for the St. Boniface Hospital Foundation Mega Million Choices Lottery, and my co-host for that, Aaron Sebula, and I were shooting. We shot five thirty-second commercials yesterday, and the costume changes are ridiculous. On a day like that. Well, Brett, Loren, you would have been proud of me. You've both seen me fall asleep at my desk. I fell asleep on the set yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, really? uh, we were just waiting to, to move the cameras and to set up another shot. And uh, I kind of, you know, did one of my famous... <laughs> woke myself up and uh, everybody was standing there looking at me. Greg... You got to wake up. 
We got to do the next one. I'm like, can, can I just, just 30 more seconds? Yeah, you're going to have 30 more seconds. So I pressed snooze on the entire crew yesterday. And sometimes that three, four minute nap is all you need to recharge I'm the batteries. I'm so jealous. Can you do, like, like obviously yes, you can I do can. that too, Brett. Yeah. No, I know you can. Brett regularly sends me screen grabs of him watching you sleep from your <laughs> different studio rooms. <laughs> I shouldn't say regularly, but enough that it's enjoyable and I should create like some sort of collage out of it. But I can't, I, I cannot fall asleep like that, like where it's sitting up or in an environment, like on a plane, I guess I can, and in a car, but not like in a work, I don't think I've ever fallen asleep. In a work chair. You're not trying hard enough. It can be done. (laughs) I know you can do it, Loren. Challenge accepted. So I think we're actually going to try to continue the sleep conversation tomorrow um, because, you know, with the the changing, I know that uh, I like the additional darkness, but I know that throws a lot of people off and it brings a lot of people down. So I think it's important to have that conversation. But one of the big conversations we're going to be having today focuses on local retail because I don't know about you, but I, I feel like the starting gun for, for me and Christmas officially happened yesterday. I went into a couple of stores and there were Christmas decorations up and it just made me really happy. Um, and I, but lo- a lot of local businesses are really counting, have to be counting on this season, right, Deloran? Well, you know what's crazy? Like, I was looking, like, all these changes we've had in the last year and a half, and I, I had to go back and remind myself, like, a year ago, not only were we talking about, you know, no gatherings for the holiday season, non-essential businesses were closed. Like, you couldn't walk in the door of so many places to shop like you would have. We were under that critical red code in the pandemic response system and so you had to really be thinking okay like i'm going to go online how am i going to get this curbside pickup delivery and all these things and so for local businesses who rely on those customers just walking through the door they had to make this major shift and for so many local businesses i think it was really successful in many ways we all started talking about how can we contribute and make sure all these great businesses in our community stay alive and so now this year a year fast forward to 2021 man like the holidays are a huge season for all sorts of reasons, but that's that's where the bulk of the money is made for many small businesses, Greg, right? And oh, so that yep. if you can't get the holiday in, you're going to suffer and you can't go through two years like that, right? So they're all really hoping that the, the doors stay open and they can keep businesses going. And, and uh, how can we help with that, I think, is part of the conversation again for 2021. Yeah, well, uh, not everybody knows this, but Black Friday is a is a reference to profitability in the retail industry. Right. This isn't, you know, this isn't all oh, because it's so dark or because uh, some things turn violent from time to time when people are out trying to get these uh, mega deals on things on the day after Thanksgiving in the U.S. It's supposed to mark the point at which the rest of your revenue sort of represents profit for the year. And so, you know, as we head into that home stretch towards Christmas, and it's hard to believe we're we're sort of thinking about that, but that's where we are. And with the supply chain issues, etc., local again could be the most attractive option there is. Question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness, 204-832-6243. The question that went up yesterday afternoon with the supply issues, are you finding what you're looking for with your Christmas shopping so far? 21% say yes, everything. 19% say for the most part, 
13% say no, and 47% say Christmas shopping. It's not even Christmas yeah. Eve. Uh, so- <laughs> yes. They took my comments seriously. <laughs> but indeed, uh, for a lot of us now, it does feel like it's time to get into that. I know for me, whenever the snow drops, that puts me in the mood. And I was out and about yesterday. Saw decorations up in the stores. I don't know decorations have been out for a while, but like actual, like where they're just decorating the store as opposed to selling them. Um, and it just made me happy. Made me ready. I am ready. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was tweeting about, I do not like this when it was snowing. I'm ready. I'm okay. ready for it. It's setting the table a little bit, setting the stage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was looking at the living room uh, last night going, I guess it's time. We can put up the Christmas tree. I know yeah. a couple of people have already put it up. What about you, McNabb? When do you put I, it up? Oh, I usually wait until December, but, you know, like, I think it's just time to do it whenever you feel like it and bring some light into your lives. Like, I think we've all learned over the past year that where there are places to find joy, not to sound like, what was that Netflix show, Finding Joy, Quando, where you had to, if it doesn't bring you joy, toss it. <laughs> oh. But, <laughs> Marie yeah. caught, caught, but, you know, like, bring it. Like, so if, if you want to put the lights up, do it. If it makes you feel good to put up Santa Claus in your front lawn, do it. Like, I get it, get it going now, I think, because I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to, I'm trying so hard to be positive as we look towards December 25th, which is important in our family, you know, like, or, or whether you're looking towards Hanukkah or whatever you're looking for for the year without feeling a little bit of trepidation just because of where we were last year, right? Where we were in that critical red zone and we couldn't plan anything. So I'm trying very hard, Greg, to find ways to just seize the moment. Well, we, we did a little bit of Christmas shopping while we were away. The boys are in bed. So uh, San Diego Padres got a lot of money from us <laughs> this past week. Right. And so, which is fine. Uh, but uh, any of our other gifts, we'll definitely, uh, we're gonna, going to be uh, looking to purchase local or gift certificates or, or something that, that uh, supports local. But yes, the snow, I think, has helped set this stage for getting ready for this. And at the same time, I know that many are looking at the COVID numbers with a little bit of trepidation, but I had a conversation with somebody yesterday or the day before with regard, it must have been yesterday, with regard to the plans for Christmas dinner. We found an outstanding place to have dinner made for us. And so we did a virtual dinner. There was the four of us, and then uh, uh, there were three or four other groups that we joined all virtually, and we all had the same meal from the same restaurant and we're going to do that again this year, regardless oh, of how it goes down. So the, we've discovered the freedom of not cooking Christmas dinner. <laughs> and I don't know if we'll ever go back. And so, yeah, I think we're just going to keep that in place. And, you know, I'm not, not predicting anything. But if things go a way that we don't want them to go, then we, we've got those bases covered as well. Yeah, I don't know about you, Brett. Like, it's almost like I don't. I don't want to jinx things by talking about it too much just because of how depressing some of that stuff was last year. And on the, on the flip side, Greg, the point you're making about the, the way you were able to make that work so well for you and you're now it's like this new tradition. And so maybe there are traditions that will carry over from the pandemic that will be the positive ones. Like I know, Brett, for you, like that was a hard holiday season, right, to not be with any family. And so you're hoping that this year is so much different. Well, yeah, like uh, last year, I couldn't see any of my friends because there nothing was open. Um, we were all we were down to that designated visitor. I was allowed right. one visitor, so I, I I was able to spend 
Christmas with my dad, but my sister wasn't able to come. And normally December is, it's a super fun month, but it's a super hectic month where every Friday, <laughs> Saturday, I've got something going on where I'm seeing somebody I haven't seen for a while, you know, sort of catching up some Christmas drinks, some Christmas traditions. But last year was, it was... <laughs> Well, it was a mixture of, of like, it, this was just sad and depressing, but I also didn't mind not having the, right. the frantic pace. But yes, I too, Loren, am slightly concerned about the rising numbers. Yeah, so over the weekend, COVID-19 um, sadly took another four lives in this province. There were 399 new infections. And the case count includes, there was 140 cases Saturday, 102 Sunday, 157 yesterday. I said to you guys, for the past couple of months, I haven't been super focused on the numbers or even those 1230 newsers unless I felt like something was coming. And then I, this week, I'm kind of back into that as I watch all these different things going on and, and the hopes I have for the holidays and the new year, I'm back to like 1230 clicking on my news release to see where we're at. And so while we're watching where we're at, epidemiologist Cynthia Carr spoke to Richard and Julie yesterday on the news. And she said, you know, we also have to remind ourselves that there is some perspective here. Uh, and she compared where we are now in this fourth wave to this time last year. Uh, this year in the first two weeks of Manitoba of, of November, we've unfortunately lost 25 Manitobans, but that's still less than a third of where we were a year ago. So vaccine does work in terms of preventing the most serious health outcomes and certainly in helping reduce the spread. So I feel hopeful, but I don't feel comforted because I know that we have gaps that we need to address. And uh, Cynthia has become, for me, you know, one of the more trusted voices because not only does she she work the math, she's, you know, there's nuance there in terms of how she views these things. And so I always appreciate Cynthia's uh, perspective on this. I think she watches the right numbers, the numbers that I've been watching uh, match up with the numbers she's watching because she sort of set the table. Gosh, is it, are we going on 21 months? Yeah. Right? When like we it's started, a year in March. It's a right? year. Two, two years. Yeah. Two years in March. Two my years, God, I just lost a year March. of my life. <laughs> and it was, and, and <laughs> yeah, you did. I think we all have. And it was two years in December since that first tweet that I right. saw from Charles Adler. I think it was right around Christmas time. And he said, I hate to uh, suggest that this might be the news story of 2020 uh here we are nearly two full years later and it is still the top news story that we're living day in day out if you want to weigh in 204-780-6868 you can email mackling at cjob.com mcnab at cjob.com or brett at cjob.com One of the things we're going to be spending a lot of time discussing today on cjob is local retail Heading into the holiday season at 7.07, we're going to speak to Toad Hall Toys. At 9.05, we're going to talk to Third and Bird. Their Christmas market is happening this weekend. So we figured for this segment, we wanted to just celebrate local business. So we have the tickets for the tenors. Santa's Wish Tour, Centennial Concert Hall, Wednesday, December 1st. And at 9.15, we shall pick a winning text. So we need you at 204-780-6868 to tell us about your favorite local business and why it's your favorite local business. Or maybe it's not necessarily your favorite, but you just had a really, really positive experience at a local business. Uh, 204-780-6868. 
Let's go around the horn here. Cameron Poitras, let's start with you. Well, you know, this Christmas season, I'm making a concerted effort. Uh, I'm going to find these local businesses. I, I, You know, I've, I've kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit, uh, you know, kind of just going with whatever's cheapest that I can find. But you know what? I, I, I'm kind of come to the realization that you, you just can't do that anymore. In, in this day and age with these massive companies looking to Take advantage of you and sell you crap. Uh, you you gotta you you gotta you know take the time to find something local to support. You know something that's either made in Winnipeg or or, or, or a little a little business or, or small business here because that's where economic growth is going to come from. If we really want economic change, it's going to have to come through supporting local businesses. So this Christmas season and this holiday season, I've made a concerted effort. I'm going to find and, and seek out these small businesses and give them my my business this year. So that a boy, Cam. That's mm-hmm. actually our question of the day. Now at cjob.com for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. Do you plan to shop local this holiday season exclusively, wherever possible, or it doesn't matter? I just want the best deal. Those are your options at cjob.com. We'll put that up on Twitter as well at 680CJOB. Jeff Braun, how about you? Uh, the local place I go to the most, I think it's a, this is a Greek restaurant in Charleswood called uh, Taverna Rodos, and it's uh, my girlfriend and my's favorite restaurant, so we try and go there as often as we can, and she gets to eat her delicious Greek food, and I get to enjoy a plain bacon cheeseburger and <laughs> French fries. The portions there are food. the best. I love the Taverna portion, Rodos. The fries are terrific, oh, and yeah. the burger's pretty good, too. Wow. Okay. Say the name again. I'm Googling it. Taverna Rodos. A big shout out to Monica, uh, who is the uh, owner-operator there. She is fantastic. Uh, Go and and visit it uh, now. (laughs) Forte, what about you? I'm going to say a business that I haven't been to in a long time, but uh, when I was a kid, I took drum lessons there. It was Marshall's Music on Henderson Highway, and there is a big music store that actually moved across the street from them, so... uh, I really want to support them, and I bought that piano, that keyboard piano, uh, a few years ago, and uh, haven't learned how to play it. And you know, I'm really, really looking at taking lessons. And I think Marshall's Music, a very local store, and I believe they're actually celebrating 40 years. Oh wow! This year, so uh, I think I'm going to go uh, maybe take some lessons there. Okay, yeah. They, uh, if, if I'm looking at uh, their website, looks like they're at uh, 200 1109 Henderson Highway. Sounds about right. It says formerly Galaxy Comics. Did Galaxy Comics close? They switched. No, they switched they spots. Swapped. They yeah. swapped locations oh, essentially. Okay. okay. And I, I went to Marshall's when they used to be in this little, like they were just down the street in a little store. Then they moved to where Galaxy Comics is now, and now they moved again to uh, where Galaxy Comics is. Okay. Galaxy Comics. That's a cool place. I love comic shops. Mackling, what about you? Uh, listen, uh, there are a lot of incredible local businesses and services, but uh, I cannot ever rave enough about the service and the way Lux Barbecue and Lux Furniture treats their customers. I-, I can't afford to buy the stuff at Lux Furniture, but I love to go there and dream about one day spending money at Lux Furniture. But the barbecue store, uh, look, you can buy a barbecue lots of different places, but uh, the-, the way Phil... And Evan go about things in their business is just, it's second to none. Their service is outstanding. And, uh, yeah, I can't rave enough about the, the way they get involved in the community as well. So uh, shout out to our friends at Lux. Loren? 
Okay, so one of the reasons I miss working downtown, in addition to seeing you two, out of four or six, or how many of us might be able to go back to work, is just walking around the exchange. And so I just love shopping down there. I can't wait to get back to doing that. I do make a special effort to several times a year, even in this pandemic, to get to Bodegos in the exchange because I uh, love their salads, but they have a lot of great food. And then just more locally for me, this was a business that was started in Manitoba, but it now has restaurants all over the province. I love Niaqua Pizza. I just love it. I think it's great. Thin crust slice. They've got like this kind of pickle pizza with mustard on it that is amazing. And uh, I want to give a shout out to them. I guess. Sorry, what was that last one? Niaqua. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Pizza. Yeah. I um <clears throat> just trying to think of all that. I mean, I, hey, I know that uh, the King's Head now has become my Friday home. Like it's essentially sacrosanct. If somebody <laughs> says to me. Me too, Brett. <laughs> yeah. It's like if someone said, needs me on Friday after work, it, that's a, I'd be like, sorry, dad. Uh, I know you've got 35 centimeters of snow, but um, I got priorities. Because <laughs> 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 they've treat they've taken me in uh, sort of like almost part of their family. And it's been wonderful. Uh, another, the Grove. I love the Grove. Great relaxing place to go. Santa Lucia Pizza. I don't even want to think about how much money I've dropped at that place over the last several years. Um, the list goes on. Uh, my Half of my wardrobe comes from three local <laughs> yeah. retailers. I was going to mention that, yeah. Zwicke, The Peg, and Vogue Sportswear. And there are so many other great little businesses like that. My barber, Joe, at Tony's Barbershop. I've been going there since I was 11. 33 years I've been going to the same guy. Um, although I suspect my days might be numbered there. So what, what, what do you mean? He's retiring at some point. He's got to, no? Well, I was thinking more for just the, 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 the lessening amount of hair. <laughs> on so you won't be needing him as much? Oh, I was just thinking he eventually gets to retire. Could, I can't believe you guys forced him to say it. How did you not pick up on that? <laughs> I just thought Tony, well, I knew what he was saying. Come on, Cap. I didn't. He's been his barber for like 40, like some years. At some point, Tony's got to get, get to vacation. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to ask him next time. And Joey, he's probably listening right now. So shoot me a text, Joe. <laughs> when, when are you hanging it up? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, tell, text us at 204-780-6868. Uh, and maybe it was like a business, like a service business. Like sure. maybe there's a, like a plumber you like to deal with, right? Because, uh, you know, finding good, when you find a good, uh, somebody who can help you with your home, I'm, I'm guessing, Greg, that that's not somebody you want to let go of. Oh, no. And you give out that phone number somewhat reluctantly because <laughs> you don't want that person to be busy when you need them. So you can be a little bit selfish. But no, there is something about having a good plumber or electrician in the old kit bag and the Rolodex, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, you, you nailed it, Brett. As we talk about local business, great story here, Greg, from Ramiro. Ramiro says, morning, gang. A few years ago, we were visiting my wife's father at the Grace Hospital. He was failing rather quickly. We went to a little restaurant nearby. The owner picked up on our sadness and gave my wife a big hug. We really felt special and visit this place as often as we can. The restaurant is called Little Goat. Thank you, Ramiro. And uh, Loren, guess what? The owner of Little Goat is a Chi-Chi's alumnus. Oh, I was wondering where <laughs> it's on. a great it's a great restaurant, except for that side note. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like that's French it's French food. It's it's a wonderful shop. And you know what? I'd be happy if Chi Chi's came back, if only so that I could do one shift there. 
I'd work there for 45 seconds and then leave and then come into work with 45 years of Chi Chi stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bravo, GMAC. I can't believe you were able to connect those dots. Circle back. <laughs> but listen, one year ago, Manitoba was living under level red restrictions. Not only were gatherings not allowed, but all non-essential businesses were closed to in-person shopping. And that lasted right through the holiday season and into the new year, which we know is a, just a critical time for retailers. And at many shops, that led to a major shift. Many had to move things online because delivery or curbside pickup was the only option. And so this year, customers are back inside. But there might be another hiccup when it comes to supply chain issues. Kari England is the owner of Toad Hall Toys in the Exchange and joins us now. Good morning, Kari. Good morning. Well, we were saying that you're one of our favorite places to go. I mean, yes, toys technically, I suppose, are for kids. But, man, you walk into your store and all you want to do is buy things for yourself and, and take, a, yeah. take a lap around. So it's Absolutely. just such a, one, it's a wonderful space. And I'm just curious, like, when you, if you could take us back a year ago, what was it like to be at the start of the holiday season with no customers inside? Oh, surreal is, I guess, the best answer I can provide. Um, <clears throat> you know, we saw the same faces every day, ours. Um, and it was just very, it was very busy, but very quiet at the same time. So how did it impact business overall, Carrie? Were you able to, were you able to shift as so many did? And, and was it uh, something that you're continuing in terms of maybe curbside pickup, online stuff, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, we pivoted, um, pretty much during the first lockdown just before Easter um, and learned an awful lot um, and had some time to prepare for what inevitably happened in November. Um, so, yeah, we Christmas was good for us. Um, we, we have a very loyal clientele after almost 45 years in the city. Um, people knew they could count on us and knew that we would figure out what to do, and we did. And Many of those things have continued. Yes, we have curbside pickup if you're not, still don't feel like walking in a store. We have uh, delivery within the city for $5. Um, we have our website, which is just been growing and growing and growing. So there are lots of ways that people can interact with us, as well as now coming in the store. A lot of people turned to local last year. Has that trend stuck around? Like, what are, what are you seeing any this year? Anything different on that front? Well, we're still seeing a lot of fresh faces um, and hearing a lot of people who walk in the store now that they can and say, you know, we found you online last year and now we wanted to come into the store and see what it was really like inside. So, uh, yes, um, it, it, it introduced a lot of people to what's really in their backyard that they hadn't sought out before. So many positives in what you're saying, you know, with just the learning to do more online, learning the curbside pickup option and having people now coming inside because they only met you the first time online. That's also amazing, Kari. But at the same time, we know I've been in, was shopping yesterday. November is my kid's birthday month. And so I know yeah. depending on which stores you go into, um, you know, there's, there's some bare shelves out there. The supply chain might impact things this year. How could that change things for you on the holiday front? Well, as you say, you were in the store yesterday. You probably didn't see any bare shelves. Um, I have, um, you mentioned earlier, being small, you can pivot. Um, you have lots of other options. You haven't necessarily put all of your stock in six containers that need to arrive at your door. Um, you can get a little bit from here, a little bit from there. 
And I have lots of relationships in the industry that I've built up over the years. So I can call on a number of people and say, you know, this is where I'm a little short. Um, where can you help me here? So um, longevity, good uh, interpersonal relationships with um, other companies, I think has, has put us in a really great place. Number one uh, toy right now. What's the most popular? Yeah. Any Tickle Me uh, Elmo uh, crazes uh, burgeoning out there? Not that I've heard. Um, you know, the big fad is is poppers or these little fidget toys, yeah. things to keep your hands busy. But other than that, there's there's nothing really particular. Some areas that we're seeing a bit more volume in is is nurturing. So dolls, um, board games are still very popular. Um, and because we don't deal in electronic items, people are finding all sorts of neat little things that can keep kids occupied and, and interest without them having screen time all the time. Hmm. And adults, too. I just want to add, I picked up two things last year for the boys, and uh, they were like these little puzzles that you have to figure out. We haven't figured them out. They remain like by the couch where like once a week I pick it up and I think I curse your name if you really want to know. And then I think... <laughs> I think I'm going to bring it back to you and be like, solve it for me, Kari. Kari Englund is the owner of Toad Hall Toys, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Kari, thank you very much. We appreciate this. You're welcome. Have a great day. 54 Thanks. Arthur Street is the location. The website is toadhalltoys.ca. And Loren, I can tell you, I are, so the puzzles you're talking about, those those metal ones? Yes. So, you, I guess, so like you, it, you, it's hooked you, together and yeah. you got to unhook it somehow? Yeah. It's like Good with luck. what? A welding device? Like what am I, a soldering iron? Like can I run it over with the car? I bought one for one of my uh, kids, but, or one of my buddy's kids. And because he loves puzzles, he loves yeah. Rubik's Cubes. He's a, <laughs> he's a Rubik's Cube machine, but he bought this. I gave him the puzzle and within five minutes I could hear hear him throwing it against the wall in his bedroom because he was so mad. He figured it out. He got it eventually. Really? Yeah. Without YouTube? We worked on it together, but uh, yeah, I love I love Toad Hall. I just yeah. love walking in there, the, the, the creaky floor. It's, it is a special place. Yeah, and it's amazing. People are still discovering them all these years later, right. which is, has to be so, so uh, promising for a business that's been around as long as they have. The question on the text line at 204-780-6868 is, what's your favorite local business and why? Like, if you've got a story of a great experience that you had or, you know, you've been going to this place for years and years, whatever you want to tell us about a local business, 204-780-6868. Like Jill G. Mack, who is super excited about local. Yeah, she says, so hard to pick just one local business. EMK Clothing, kind-hearted line of clothing comes out. Uh, once a year with some of the funds going back to a shelter within the community, Valencia Boutique, size-inclusive, beautiful clothing, female-run. And how about, I like this, because I have some of her art in my house, Cal Barteski. Mm -hmm. She's a local artist and has amazing art. Jill, thanks for that. Great suggestions there, Loren. Yeah, and if you head up, uh, I think Cal's doing free delivery within Winnipeg. A lot of these companies are trying really hard to make sure that they're, you know, there for you and getting things to you. So they also have a great online store if you're looking at her art. And so I'm doing it right now, actually, after I saw that suggestion. And EMK Clothing, that is... Um 
believe I've been. Yeah, I've been to that shop. That's a that's actually a really neat place. And it made me. I was there with somebody who was uh, picking up some clothes for a photo shoot, I think. And I was thinking, well, none of this is for me. But I wish some of it was because they had really nice stuff in there, and it, it was a n- nice store. So, uh, thank you for that, Jill. Keep those texts coming. 204 780 6868 for a chance to win those tickets. We'll pick a winner at 9 15. In the meantime, Mr. Forte, it's Tuesday just after 7 30. That means Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers play their final regular season game of the season in Calgary this Saturday at 6 o'clock, and the Olympic Builders pregame show begins at 4. The game is somewhat of an obligation for the Blue Bombers, let's be honest. They've had first place in the West locked up for a couple of weeks already. However, this is their last chance to see game action until they host the West Final December 5th versus either Saskatchewan or the Stampeders, Lorenz, so they might not necessarily want to mail this one in. No, there's still lots to watch for until we get to December 5th, that West Final. And, of course, we're talking shopping local today, and no better place to shop local than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Tickets are still available for the West Final, and it's going to be the first for Winnipeg, a home game in December. We're joined now by Wade Miller, president and CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club. Hi, Wade. Hi. Good morning. It's going to be the first game ever in December in the CFL. It should be. Oh, for the whole league. Yeah, well, nobody. This first time we've all been through a pandemic, so fair enough. I pushed, yeah. So, so well, we're going to make sure that we do it upright. Well, let's talk about that because, yeah, it's, it'll be kind of like a badge of honor to say you're outdoors watching a game in December. How are, are you watching the forecast yet? Too early to take a look into the tea leaves, so to speak, to see what we might see for de- temperatures December fifth. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter because Winnipeggers are uh, used to this weather, so. Uh, we can layer up for the for the weather. It's how many layers you're going to wear that day, right? So, um, yeah, we look forward to having everyone down. We got our tailgate area open at one thirty. Um, you know, we've got the great folks at Festival de Voyageur coming out, uh, and they're going to serve uh, the maple toffee to the first five hundred people in the tailgate area at one thirty. Um, come early, enjoy the fire pits and the warming hut there, and get with the Palmer fans, and then kick off at three o'clock. Hey Wade, let's not forget the rum and eggnog. Well, exactly. What would <laughs> what would a game in December be without rum and eggnog? Or or we took the caribou wine idea from our friends at the festival, and uh, and then of course you need Santa there too, right? Absolutely. So Santa will be there, and if you want to go sit on Santa's lap and take a picture, just head over to gate two, and and we'll you know have Santa there for you too. So what else are you doing inside the stadium to alter the fan experience to give this game uh, a, a distinctive feel, aside from the fact that, as you pointed out, it's a December game. That already is distinctive and historic unto itself. Yeah, the first 20,000 people uh, will get rally towels as you come in, uh, you know, uh, backed and supported by our uh, firefighters uh, in the city, uh, which is great um, to have them involved again. And, uh, you know, for all the young kids there... Uh, We'll have two little Santa's uh, helpers, uh, Buzz and Boomer, um, walking around handing out uh, little gifts for the kids that are there in the stands. Uh, not eligible. You two aren't eligible for that. You're too old uh, for those gifts, just to be clear. Uh, you know, so until their bags are empty, they're just going to be handing those out to kids. 
Wade, we've sort of touched on this, and Loren, you used the term badge of honor. We're a week away from the 30th anniversary of the first ever Grey Cup game in Winnipeg, and anyone of the 50,000-plus who attended that game, it was so cold that day, but they do. When you speak to them about that game, I was there as a fan. You know, you wear that experience like a badge of honor, and they are playing soccer in Edmonton tonight, in the snow and the cold, it's going to be about minus 12 at Commonwealth Stadium when they get that game between Canada and Mexico underway. 50,000 tickets have been sold for that. This really is a special opportunity to make some very special memories, Wade. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, with your family and friends, uh, definitely that opportunity. You know, we know that uh, all those Bomber fans will be tailgating around the stadium. Our pregame tailgate area will be busy. And, you know, it's going to be that Sunday afternoon, never to forget. And uh, we look forward to having everyone out. Tickets are moving really strong, um, you know, but we got we to gotta sell more tickets now because we don't want those people from the West buying tickets <laughs> at the end there we can't have that so um we make double their price if we see their post <laughs> <laughs> no Scott, rum and eggnog for them wade we can't let no. them have the drinks at the very least listen let's that, talk just about that experience because like first of all we talk about the cold we talk about watching the game you talk but you just used a phrase there about like an experience you'll never forget and we've all been through one heck of a year and a half and it's time to really, you know, put up our hands and cheer. And I really can't think of a better way than being in that stadium on December 5th uh, in hopes of getting the Bombers all the way to the finish line. No, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, you, you think about it, you know, where we started in August. And, and I think it's going to be that type of game. Um, and it's our opportunity to show the rest of the country, uh, you know, that pride of Manitoba. So. It'll be great to have everybody there, uh, Pack Stadium, and, of course, Bob Irving's last game, too. So we'll have uh, maybe something special for him before the game starts as well. That's great to hear. Wade, thank you so much for that, and thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate it, as always. Thanks. I'm going to run over just a second here and say great to, uh, great to talk about local businesses and support those uh, businesses as we go in the holiday season so thank you for doing that well and i'm glad you mentioned that too wade because your organization has been so great at uh, supporting local businesses by bringing in various food vendors and local beers and sponsoring other major or other local businesses like uh, cranked energy earlier this year so uh kudos to your organization for what you do yeah thank you and i just think it's uh so important you know it's those small businesses that support your hockey teams, football teams, all the community events, and we need to support them as well. Thank Wade, you. Wade Miller is president right and on, CEO Wade. of the Winnipeg Football Club, joining us live on 680 CJOB. And, uh, you know, Loren, you mentioned the, the, the forecast. GMAC, do you recall? You can see in the monitor. Do you see what I have here? No, what is that? This is your weather stats that you put together back oh! on October 25th. Oh, boy. I have been holding on to this okay. in case it comes back up. So Good for you. Rough historical weather for December 5th. As per GMAC, since 2001, the mean temperature, minus 7. The range, minus 19 to plus 4. It was plus 4 last year. 10 times... The temperature was between minus 10 and zero. Eight times it was minus 10 or colder, and twice the temperature was zero or warmer. So I don't think it it can't be as bad as that gray cup that you just talked about. I don't think it can. 
So wasn't it like minus thirty? No, it was a, a minus sixteen or seventeen at kickoff, and with the wind chill, it was pretty darn cold. Uh, but you still have pictures from those games, though. Like you must have been just all full, like full of fur. I'm picturing like a fur hat. No you, fur hat. Were you one of the guys with the shirts off? No, I, I <laughs> couldn't go that far. I sat next to two guys from Saskatchewan. They had pockets sewn into their overcoats, and they went to the LC, and they bought a Mickey of every oh kind of alcohol they had never seen before. It was quite the buffet. <laughs> did they share? They did share. They oh. were very neighborly. Well, and look at, and yet you still hate Saskatchewan. We, 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 we've touched on that. It, it, it is jealousy. What, what am I seeing here? Is this text from Glenda putting the bombers together with our conversation on local business? Ties it all together, Brett. You talk about my love affair with Saskatchewan. Glenda says, three years ago on bon- Banjo Bowl weekend, my husband and I went for lunch at Little Goat on Portage Avenue. Because we have lived in Saskatchewan most of our lives, I must admit we are <coughs> Ryder fans and we're wearing our green while waiting to be seated, the chef came out and said, we can't come in there with our green on while glaring at us. <laughs> After a shocking pause, he started laughing and told the server to seat us. We enjoyed an amazing lunch and dessert. After our meal, the server said the chef had covered our bill because anybody brave enough to come into his establishment like us wow. deserved a free meal. We have been back many times and have never been disappointed. Chef Alex does it again at Little Goat. Two great stories about Little Goat already already this morning. And I'm they're about the say. people. Like not, you know, the food's great, but it's about the chef and the and then the earlier one was about the hug that they got because they were at the hospital and they could staff there could tell they were having a tough day near Grace. I mean, that's that's the difference maker. I don't think it's just always about what you're getting, right? The product, it's how you're treated. Well, in the Renz, you talk about people and you see this other text that Greg has highlighted regarding a certain special ice cream place. Yeah, Shaban Ice Cream, local business. They say they order ice cream from them to sell at our store. They only communicate by phone or email with the owners, but they say it makes it easy because Joseph is always pleasant and accommodating and friendly and their ice cream is amazing. And yeah, we have spoken to them before a few years ago when they first opened up. Such unique flavors, but they're lovely, lovely, lovely people. A great story of, of coming to Canada and making success. And I just want to mention this one quickly as well because another listener is saying uh, Dairy Delight. It's a burger place on St. Anne's. They say, just can't beat it for taste and service. I went to Dairy Delights for burgers and fries after I got engaged. I got oh, engaged. <laughs> that was your celebration meal? <laughs> yeah, there were certain activities that followed the engagement, and then we went for burgers and fries. How oh, romantic. <laughs> I think this all sounds good. It didn't go. I mean, the full story is different, but this... Yeah subsection of the story is good it was a it was a great night it was a great great night we're going to talk to the head coach of the winnipeg jets in just a moment but keep those texts coming as we celebrate our favorite local businesses for a chance to win tickets for the tenors Santa's Wish Tour Centennial Concert Hall Wednesday, December 1st. We'll pick our winner just after 9.15. And one listener saying, Utafia started as a one-woman operation from her kitchen. Now she's expanded to a shop. They make the best ice cream toppers in the world. 
And they add, I love to see women succeed in small business. And this is exciting. I didn't know she had a shop because we actually spoke to her on our show, I don't know, three years ago. She was one of the participating vendors in Third and Bird, which is who we're talking to just after 9 o'clock. But, yeah, if you have never tried Utafia, um, it's amazing. Like, I can't. It's one of those things that if I have it in my home, as soon as that bag is open, I must finish it in one sitting. It's good. Very good. It's very good, yeah. Tonight, the Winnipeg Jets wrap up a seven-game homestand with a game versus the Edmonton Oilers at Canada Life Centre. The Edmonton Oilers, that's your favorite team, isn't it, Greg? Oh, my favorite by a mile. (laughs) Our coverage gets underway at 5 o'clock. Puck drop scheduled for just after 7. Yeah, the Jets have collected 9 of a possible 12 points in the first 6 games of the homestand on the strength of 4 wins, a single loss in regulation time, and a shootout loss. Head coach of the Winnipeg Jets is, of course, Paul Maurice. The coach joins us now. Good morning, Paul. Morning, everybody. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate the time. Uh, you might know that there's a pretty good football team which calls Winnipeg home. Yeah, I've heard of them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, their their head coach Mike O'Shea has, it would seem at least, Paul, convinced all of his players that there are no standings in the Canadian Football League, and that the yep. only goal week to week is to go one and zero. What is your philosophy on the standings? Yeah, you know what? We don't spend a whole lot of time looking at them. I mean. I'm more interested in the trend of the team we're playing coming in, how hot they are. And I guess we always expect them to play their very best. But, uh, I mean, I, sure, you look at them, you watch them, you understand where, where you're at, but we're so far off them being um, a, a tell of where you're going to finish that so we, we don't spend a whole lot of time looking at them. I'm glad to hear that because my kids check them every morning so that I can tell them to stop then, right? No, no, that you got to you got to check. I mean, you got to look at them, right? They just we we just don't talk about it. We don't have uh, a standings board in our room. Um, it's not something that we ever talk about. The guys are they're so wired into it. Everybody knows where we sit. For sure, and where you sit tonight, of course, is the Edmonton Oilers are the team that you are playing tonight, but the, the team you dispatched in the playoffs last season. And so we're kind of curious if you think it'll be kind of see a little bit of extra out of both teams based on that tonight, based on how things finished I, last year going now. Yeah, I, I think there is. I, I, I think there is. There's there's always that edge that a playoff series kind of brings into the regular season the next year. Um, they've changed some players. We've changed some players. So And and, and it wasn't a 4 nothing series. It was really, really tight. Um Obviously, they've got the two marquee guys in the National Hockey League, and they're stronger now than they were even last year. So there's an awareness in truth, and and that that's a good thing. Like he, the idea of a big game, and and so coaches get into this. Uh, every game's the same. Uh, you know, you play hard every night, but there, there's absolutely a different feel when there's some sort of rivalry that comes into the building, and and we feel that here tonight. What is the emergence of Pierre-Luc Dubois as the player most people believed you were getting in the trade with Columbus done for the flexibility of all your forward lines? Yeah, you know what? Just and by position as well, when you can bring in a powerful centerman, that changes a lot of things. It changes your matchup. And we were a team that over the last four or five years was very interested in the matchup. We had some really young forwards, and we had to get them out against the right people. And Pierre-Luc coming in now, you look at the three uh, men that will run at center ice here tonight, they're all big men, they can all move, and, and there's a physicality to that. He brings it all, right? So he's he's uh, kind of the hybrid between Scheif and, uh, and Lowry. He's a big physical man, he's not afraid to 
to use his size and his strength. And he's also very, very quick and has a nice set of hands on him for sure. So uh, having that strength at center makes you a better defensive hockey team. Um, we, we weren't particularly worried about his year last year. We understood it. There's a lot of change. And you have to keep in mind this is still a really young hockey player. He, he's got a lot of years before he hits his prime. So we're really excited about where Pierre-Luc is at right now. Paul, you've had essentially the same core of players. You, you, you know, your leadership group has been more or less the same for the last four or five seasons. What has Brendan Dillon and, and also Nate Schmidt, what have their additions meant to the locker room? You always talk about the bench in the locker room. And, yeah. and, and you, those are the sort of the, you know, the chatter. Those are the things you monitor. How has that changed with those two? You know, that's a really good point. And, and, They've changed it in a lot of ways, and it's just personality. So you, you do. We have had the same core of players. But anytime you bring in a veteran guy that's playing bigger minutes, so both of those guys that are top four, uh, they become part of that core. And different personalities, for sure. I mean, Nate's, uh, you've probably seen more of him because he's front and center a lot of times. But Brendan um, kind of announced his presence in our very first scrimmage this year in, in training camp, big physical, and, and, and in a great mood. So the thing that I would probably say that maybe the fans don't get to see is how they come to practice every day. I mean, they're both on the ice early. They're having fun. They work really, really hard. And it changes the way your hockey team practices because you've got two defenders that are chirping forwards that they shut them down. Uh, all, all the fun parts of hockey – uh, wrapped up in two guys that work real hard. So that, that's great for us, great for the leadership. And, and what it does is it takes some pressure off the guys like Blake Wheeler um, to feel they have to set the tone every day in practice and in games. Now, he still does, but it's not all on him every day. And I think that that's a little bit of relief, a little bit of leadership pressure taken off our, our core. So I have a quick question before we let you go. Nate Schmidt talked about loving the prices, right? I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. Are you a fan yeah. as well? I love that show. No, I just, I get a kick out of it because we have TVs on in the room and, and it's, it's kind of like one or two things depending on the time of day, right? There's the weather certain days. There's always the sports on uh, in the morning. And then when you rip through a game day a little bit later in the morning, the prices right is on and they love that show. And they, and they have, it's an amazing thing to watch. Like, I don't even sure any of these guys know what the price anything is at a grocery store but they got they got an opinion on the price everything that comes up so it's it's pretty good (laughs) head coach of the winnipeg jets paul maurice joining us live on 680 cjob coach thanks for this yeah my pleasure thanks anytime As we celebrate your favorite local business, we're asking you to tell us about your favorite local business and why. And uh, GMAC, there was a, this one made me smile. It's about golf. You see this golf text here? Absolutely. If you are a golfer, and uh, who amongst us isn't really? Uh, Brett, I think this is for you. You should check out Caddy Shed in St. James, originally owned by golfer Terry Hashimoto. It is a golf mecca in St. James. Prices are great. Darren and his staff are so knowledgeable, and all your golf needs are met under one roof with amazing prices. For golf. Forget the big box stores, too expensive, and lack of personal service. Caddy Shed is a hole in one. Is this copy and pasted from their website? (laughs) It feels like they're writing a commercial for a 30-second commercial there on CJOB. Well done. Well done. (laughs) And uh, Kristen, we talked about a couple of spots that are on Henderson earlier. Uh, Loren and Kristen's adding to that mix. 
Well, I think that's what's so great about what's happening is that now, because of everyone weighing in, I think we all have a growing list of places that we need to hit up and figure out where we're going to go, maybe even shop for the holidays. So Kristen said, I am old school, so my favorite local business is easy. I love physical media, and there's no better place for that than Planet of Sound on Henderson. Whatever your movie or music taste may be, they have something for you. Not sure what you're looking for? Their knowledgeable staff will help you nail it down. They suffered some vandalism recently and shouldered it with a smile. If you know them, then you know. And they, she included a picture, and they, they've got this sheet on the window outside that says, I assure you we're open. And I'm pretty sure that's from the movie Clerks. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, boy. I, I need to double check that, but I think that's what I'm thinking there, where they put up the sign that said, I assure you we're open, because they had a problem with their getting their, their main door open. Uh, so they had to put up that sign. But So that's great. Good good sense of humor on their part. And one more here from Jared. Who flagged this one? Uh, yours truly. He would like to give a shout-out to local business AMP Diapers. They make cloth diapers for babies right here in Winnipeg, and the diapers are made and sold in our city. We have a newborn and have been using them instead of disposable ones. And I think it's great that everything is made and sold by a local Winnipeg business. So thanks, Jared. Appreciate that. Thanks to all who have weighed in and keep them coming. We're going to pick a winner just after 9.15. But right now, we got to give away some Colin James tickets if you can answer this question. The average person eats these seven times a month. What is it? Sharon, do you know what it is? No, I have no idea. So a wild guess. I I will say uh, sunflower seeds. <sighs> great. Hey, it's a great guess. I mean, you're better to guess that something than nothing, right? No. That's not the answer. It's not the answer. But uh, hey, sunflower seeds. I I can never figure them out. I'm I'm stupid. Marlene, do you know what it is? Mm, Hawkins cheesies. Hawkins cheesies. Great Very guess. Specific. Yes, but uh, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. Ron, the average person eats these seven times a month. What is it? Fruit. Fruit? Is that is your guess fruit? Yeah, fruit. Incorrect. But thank you. I do not eat enough fruit. Mike, do you know what it is? I hope it's not spiders. <laughs> <laughs> But what is that statistic? There is one, right? Where I and mean, I think it's been in your sleep. proven false. Yes. Well, while you're sleeping, the average person like swallows X number of spiders per year. Thanks for reminding us of that. Gross. Oh yeah. Good morning. <laughs> okay, Mike. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah. I hope it's not spiders. <laughs> Randy, do you know what it is? Oh, say that again. I couldn't hear you. Donuts. Do- oh, donuts. No. Well, that's a good guess. You know, like, oh, I miss when donuts, there's no one here. So there's no one, you know, and the oh, whole yeah. communal food yeah. thing doesn't really happen anymore. But people used to bring donuts in all the time. Donuts in the newsroom used to be a common, common uh, thing uh, in our uh, in our newsroom. You want to uh, see people go running? Yeah. Bring in free food to a radio station. <laughs> or suggest there's free food. Hey, hey where's Stampy. the food? Ah, we have a meeting that uh, I wanted you all to attend. By the way, the myth is you annoyingly swallow an average of four live spiders in your sleep each year. Uh, the fact this is very widespread urban legend and has no basis in fact. Fair enough. I read it was eight. So there you go. That shows you it's a real lie because it was just kept growing with time. <laughs> Marilyn, the average person eats these seven times a month. What is it? I'm going to go with 
general. What about bugs? I'm sorry. Can you? Did you make that out, Greg? Womp a dump, womp a dump, Say that again, Marilyn. Bugs. Bugs? Yes. No. No, that's not it. Um, John, do you know what it is? I'm thinking potato chips. Um, no, that's not it. But I, I guess that's we've sort of gotten our first clue. Right track. Right track. Nick, do you know what it is? I'm going to say chocolate. No. No. We're, uh, we, were, we were warming up, and uh, that one is cooling off. Lana, do you know what it is? Oh, I missed the clue. Um, the, answer, the, 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 the answer that, uh, that we identified as a clue was potato chips. The average person eats these seven times a month. What is it? French fries. Say that again, Lana? French fries. You are correct. Oh, my God. Thank you. French fries. <laughs> I want these tickets so bad. It's my husband's birthday this weekend. Oh, Fabulous. wonderful. There you go. That's great, oh. Lana. Do you eat French fries seven I times sure a month? I sure do. Easily. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you have, um, like, do you have, like, do you just, is it just drive through exclusively, or do you have, like, a local place you like no, to go? No, rarely drive through. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a couple of, a uh, couple of favorite restaurants. Actually, I don't know if people get over to the Fairmont very often, but their little lounge in there, they mm. have the best French fries in the city. Swanky, Fairmont oh. French yeah. fries. You think it's swanky, but when you get in there, it's just, you know, all us average shows with baseball shirt, baseball hats and, you know, t-shirts on. And, yeah. Now, but, are the fries good, or is it like an aioli dip or something that comes with no, them? It's the fries. I don't know what they do to them. It's like they're double coated, and I don't know. I, I don't know what they do. They're super crispy. It's like they have some weird little coating on them, mm-hmm. and they're they're not you know frozen, of course, but they are absolutely. We found them there at Burger Week last year, and right. yeah, can't resist them. Fairmont fries. We don't even have to go outside for those ones, Brett. That's right. <laughs> and you can go, have a drink uh, while you're eating your fries and get some great service from the like servers this. there. And yeah, it's awesome. Well, that's great, Lana. And you know what that reminds us because we you know we. Um, for a couple of years, we we would get together. Greg, Loren, and I we would go for lunch at five two nine Wellington because it's it's obviously very expensive for dinner, but it's actually like for lunch it's it's reasonable. And yeah, they um, what did they do, Loren? Was it? I think they they told it to us. They think they like soak their fries in sea salt or something for over yeah. twenty four hours before yeah, they ever hit like the that. fryer. Yeah, yeah, all the best fries have some kind of secret. Okay. Well, Lana, congratulations. You're going to see the tenors. Thank you. I'm going to put you on hold, and Jeff Forte is going to get your details off the air. Uh, do you got a French fry place that you like, Loren? Off the top oh, of your that's head? that's a great question. No, not off the top of my head, but as soon as you mentioned the, I, the sea salt, I was thinking of just like the, all the different great dips that people add to their French fries that are so wonderful. I'll, I'll give that some thought because I do like – seven times a month seems low to me, by the way. Uh, I felt the same way. I, I did some math. I said, oh, at least two or three times a week. So, yeah, seven seems low also. I think at the height of the pandemic, I might have been a bit higher, but now I'm. I, I, it's usually maybe four because I, 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 if I go out to eat, there will inevitably be French fries involved, typically in the form of a poutine. I seem to remember Ray's Bistro. That's out in your hood, Greg. Yeah. I oh. went there for Burger Week a couple of years ago. The burger was magnificent, mm. but I also... Uh, I think I really enjoyed the fries. You remember accurately. Okay. <laughs> Their fries are outstanding. Very, very good. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter what meal I order there. 
If I do not have fries included with said meal, I must have a side order of French fries. Attaboy. Sometimes it's just stop incomplete. This. I'm like Googling French fries all over the world right now to try to like, I'm going to have to run out the door. Stop talking. Hey, that, El- that uh, fettuccine Alfredo poutine I had at Santa Lucia Pizza yeah. on North Main was still one of the best things I think I've eaten all year. Sometimes things just sort of fall into place, like before you can even think of it. How did Hannibal from the A-Team used to put it, GMAC? I love it when a plan comes together. (laughs) Yesterday, Loren mentions to us that we're going to be focusing largely on local retail today on 680 CJOB. So so I says to myself, does it get any more local retail than what's happening this weekend? The annual Third and Bird Christmas Market, Uh Uh-huh. Our good friend Chandra Kremsky from Third and Bird joins us now. Good morning, Kremsky. Good morning. How are you doing? You uh, sound surprisingly calm. There's a sereneness and sereneness in your voice that really shouldn't be there based on what you're up against. <laughs> I feel like there's nothing more life can throw at me that we haven't already faced in the past 20 months. So I'm feeling pretty good. That's awesome. So, hey, uh, great to visit with you. How is this upcoming weekend? How important is it? And uh, this season overall for local businesses like the ones who will be set up at the market. It's so important, like really more than ever this year. I think we're all really feeling it. And it's like these businesses are, you know, working so hard to climb back and recover a really long, almost two years of, you know, just, you know, hard knocks. So, um, yeah, this market's going to be huge for them, you know, like just getting the sales that they need to carry them through into 2022. You mentioned it's just been this this long haul. Nothing else can be thrown at you, Chandra. But at the same time, here we are talking about another sort of cog in the wheel or hiccup, and that's the supply chain. Will that impact things for any of the local vendors in terms of just maybe the bits and pieces they might use to make their goods or the, the certain ingredients they have to bring in that they might not be able to do so because of supply chain issues? Absolutely. And it, that, that's a huge thing for a lot of makers right now. You know, you know, some have been ahead of the curve and, you know, anticipated this and others, you know, try to anticipate it and try to get ahead of the curve. But, you know, just the supply chain is just so difficult right now. And I think, again, that's why it's just so important to be for all of us to be really conscious that, you know, like if we can get an item, let's try to support local first. Let's give them the first shot at, you know, like getting our business, you know, before we default to some more convenient channels, you know, of purchasing gifts. Do you fear some of these businesses won't be able to weather the storm? I do. I do. Honestly, I think, you know, I think we've seen that, that, you know, when you drive around Winnipeg, you see some familiar spots, you know, uh, and stores that we've loved, you know, not open right now. And, you know, that that reality is very real. And I think, again, it's so important for Manitobans to be really conscious of supporting local. Um, you know, we all love these businesses and we're so sad when we see the doors are closed. But it's like these businesses can only survive if we are consciously choosing them first and choosing to shop local markets, local farmers markets, 
you know, local businesses. And, you know, I think we as consumers need to have a mind shift because it's so easy to go for what's convenient. And, you know, oftentimes that's behind a computer and ordering online, but we really do need to be conscious of that or we're going to lose some, you know, incredible businesses along the way. We were speaking with Kari England uh, earlier from Toad Hall uh, Toys, and they've, they've been around for as long as I can remember, two, maybe three decades. And she mentioned that during the pandemic, they had to shift their business model a little bit. They had to pivot. And she says there are people now discovering her business for the first time, which just made my jaw drop. So that's, I always think of Third and Bird, Chandra, as this opportunity for makers to introduce themselves to Winnipegers. And then sort of the online existence can sort of, uh, perpetuate or propel their their business to the the next level. Talk about how that happens. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And yeah, for many makers, and you know, uh, the market scene is the first introduction, right? It's their first step into the water, and then from there, that gains them the recognition that gets the um, the customer base that they need to propel them to the next level, which would be is growing an audience online, growing their website, and then getting you know into the e-com world, you know, with sales online, um, and you know, with my market doing this for almost 14 years now, I'm always very conscious to at least have 25% of the makers at the market be brand new. So you're getting new faces every market. um, And so they're getting a fair chance at being introduced, you know, to incredible shoppers who do love, you know, discovering new local businesses. Is it hard? Like, I think it's incredible that you make sure you have that new component at every market every year. But is it challenging to find those new vendors or do you have a do you struggle weeding them out and, and you know, cutting down that list? Yeah, it is definitely a struggle. I mean, it's incredible. Like, honestly, like since, you know, the pandemic hit, I feel like a huge creative wave has come over our province. And a lot of new businesses were birthed out of, you know, like resourcefulness, people needing to pivot and adjust in their own life. Um, And so, yeah, this past year has been really difficult to pick and choose because there's so many incredible, like, new small businesses, you know, coming to the forefront. But we are really conscious of, you know, keeping a list, knowing, okay, who's applied before, who's new, um, who's tried this and hasn't made it in yet. And, you know, just that keeping that balance. Um, but there, like I said, you know, there's not only my market, there's so many other markets out there in farmers markets that are, you know, continuously supporting local and like showcasing incredible makers. Before we let you go, Chandra, you're doing something to help these makers as well, right? Uh, tell us about the birdie box. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's going to be launching this uh, Friday. And, you know, what we're planning on doing is creating these curated boxes where uh, people can basically have the joy of a Thurdenberg market packed into one box. Um, And so people can buy them for themselves, ship them across Canada, um, give them to family and friends. Uh, We're launching with one box this Friday, but going into 2022, we will have boxes for everybody, for him, for her, the birthday box, the foodie box, the coffee, tea box. Like we're going to go full throttle and it's our effort to showcase and bring more local goods into people's homes. I imagine that the market is sold out this weekend already. Yeah, it sold out and released uh, a few more tickets out to the public and that sold out again. So yeah, it's 
totally sold out, and we're so thrilled and excited about that. Thirdandbird.com, if you want to see the list of vendors so you can do some research on some awesome local businesses, really is Third and Bird is one of the funnest places to be, uh, especially for shopping, as long as uh, you're okay with the fact that you are going to blow a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to show so much restraint when I go uh, to your markets, Chandra. Thank you very much for joining us to talk talk about local business today. Thanks so much for having me. We're giving away tenors tickets based on your text messages celebrating your favorite local business. We've got two minutes. I think we can get through these three texts. Greg, start us off with Jeff. Jeff says, our family has supported local exclusively for over three years. We've made it a policy to not shop in big box stores. Our favorites are Vicks and St. Norbert Market in summer for fresh food. Viva for outstanding fresh Vietnamese. And Santorino on Portage for amazing Greek Cuisine. Our Christmas gifts come from a multitude of local vendors and artisans, and it doesn't hurt that we're Bombers and Jets fans, so there's always lots to choose from in those shops. Shop local. It's a great way to be part of so many uh, local success stories. Thank you, Jeff. Right on, Jeff. And Kathy, another runner-up here, and this was tough, uh, but Kathy says, my local business shout-out goes to Giardino's Auto Repair on Plessy's Road. They started out on Molson Street many years ago. I was their second customer. James and Steve are the best, competent, honest, and kind. I was a single mom when I first started going there, and I remember when one of the jobs was going to take a while, they even drove me and my son home and picked us up. That started a tradition of us taking some baked goods for them as a thank you. Due to a catastrophic fire, they moved to Plessy's Road. Their customers were so happy to have them back. As with everyone, time is growing less and less, and so is the baking. But now the tradition is to walk to Grand Donuts, deliciousness in a box on Lash and McLeod, to grab a treat for the guys and get some steps in. So, Kathy, thank you for that. That's a great story. But... Loren Glenda wins the day. Yeah, she does. I like getting some steps in while you're coming from a donut shop. I like that combo, by the way. <laughs> Glenda, three years ago on Bangible Weekend, my husband and I went for lunch at Little Goat on Portage. Because we've lived in Saskatchewan for most of our lives, I must admit <clears throat> we are Riders fans, and we were wearing our green. While waiting to be seated, the chef came out and said we couldn't come in with our green while glaring at us. After a shocking pause, he started laughing and told the server to seat us. We enjoyed an amazing lunch and dessert, and after our meal, the server said the chef had actually covered our bill because anyone brave enough to come in the restaurant like us deserved a free meal. We have been back many times and have never been disappointed. Right Thank on. you so much, Glenda, for that great story, even if you are a Saskatchewan fan. And listen to this. She says that the tenors are going to be here on the 42nd anniversary of when they got engaged. Come on! And her... Birthday is September 22nd. That's my birthday. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I want to bring Sky on. I thought Sky said on your birthday no one has a birthday on September yeah, 22nd. That's right. she, wow. She that felt like weird. that was just a weird day to have birthdays. Yeah, get out of here, Sky. So, Brett, I know we've had this conversation in the past, and Loren, forgive me if it was on the start, but. My recollection says that it was a lengthy, if not afternoon-long discussion back in the days of our afternoon show about our loyalty, about where many of us get our hair done. And the conclusion was that not only was it about how well your stylist, or in your case, Brett, your barber cuts your hair, it is the relationship you have with them. 
Yeah, that sounds familiar. And I, I mean, look, I mentioned it earlier. I've been going to the same barber since I was 11 years old. So they always ask me, you know, how's your dad and how's, how are things going? And then we talk to him. I feel I kind of feel bad because he probably answers the same questions all day long. But it's always like, so Bomber's going to win next game? Or have, did, how, did you go to the Jets game? It's always the same thing. But he just always answers the questions with a smile. And I look so, so forward to, to going to see my barber. It's amazing what people will also confess to their barber. I got my hair cut a couple of weeks ago and didn't want that. Like, I didn't want her to come and tell me that my um, time was up because I wanted to hear what was going on with the woman next to me as she discussed things with her relationship. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, hey whoa, 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 let's leave, leave that dryer on for a second. I just want to see where this is going. But I think that's really what it's all about. You get comfortable and then you start sharing things. And so... Our next guest reached out to let us know about something called the Barbershop Talk Series. Its next event is Young Black Men Locked Up, Getting Out, and Staying Out. And so it's sponsored by the Royal Bank, the University of Manitoba, and Carleton University. And this upcoming session is going to focus on the realities and experiences of young black men within the Canadian prison system. Our guest this morning is Warren Clark, uh, who is a sociocultural anthropologist in the anthropology department at the U of M. And we thank you so much for reaching out and sharing this with us, Warren. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. And thanks for the laugh. I appreciated the um, the reference to the staying under the dryer to, uh, to listen to eavesdrop to um, further chatter in the, in, the, in the salon. So thank you for that. Well, Much now I want to go. I want to. I want to go back and schedule the same appointment so I can just keep up to date with the same person. But in any event, before we get into what you're doing, Ward, and this and the uh, next event, let's just talk about our relationships with our barber or hairstylist because you have said that that rape relationship is is magnified within the black male segment of our population. And tell us tell us a bit about that. Yeah, thanks for the, the opportunity. I appreciate that. Um, and a good question. You know, when we talk, when we think about you know vulnerabilities and. Uh, how to be vulnerable, when to be vulnerable, folks. You know, it, it takes a certain person. Um, and, you know, the, the site of the barbershop for many Black men has been a moment not only to get a nice fade or a haircut that of your, of your liking or need, but it's an opportunity to have that, you know, banter about who's the best basketball player or getting information about even sexual health in an indirect way from a barber who is just there to cut your hair, but also to listen actively. Um, so that relationship is a very unique relationship, not only um, for, you know, for, you know, for black men, but for many people, as we identified them as uh, the segments thus far. But when we speak about black men and, and their lived experiences, many of moments where we think about the marginalization of black men um, and how we can, you know, uh, reach black men in terms of having a, an upfront, honest and vulnerable conversation. Sometimes it's, it's one that is hard to establish. Uh, because you know we, we live in a very in a, in a you know a world that's increasingly um, unaware at times, uh, or increasingly is the wrong word, sorry, but it's un- unaware at times um, of the marginalization or social pressures that black young black men experience. But this can also be said for a lot of people, right? So you know, for a lot of my work I've done thus far, working with black young people or black young males particularly. Um, it's been very, it's been very um, uh, at times, you know, hard to reach a crowd of people uh, because of the uh, moments of anti-black racism and gender biases that they face. But when they enter a barber shop to get their haircut, that's when you you see or you listen or you get to be in, in the space of many black men having conversations and, and in depth at that too. 
There is a terrific series on HBO produced by LeBron James. I'm going to guess that you're familiar with it, Warren. It's called The Shop Uninterrupted, and it's essentially yeah. a talk show, right, where the, the guests are hanging out in a barber shop. So the symbolism may be more obvious to some than it is to others, like yourself and, and some of the people that you're discussing here and that you'll be, you know, conveying the experiences of in this uh, next workshop. But what is it about that environment? And talk about the value of seeking out mentors. And and I think that that's the natural place that this sort of lands, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and really good um, parallel you bring with the bar, with the shop from LeBron James. And, you know, it's an amazing segment where you, you, you are hearing uh, certain vulnerabilities, but uh, from black men. Uh, but one thing I want to point out as well is social class. And, you know, one of the things that we come to know when we're looking at, you know, the HBO series, the LeBron James, the shop, you're, 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 in, you're getting a view of black men from a different socioeconomic status, um, which, is, which has their, its own right and, and valuable information. But one of the things that, you know, the barbershop talk and what the community event that, yeah, I've been so humbly to be a part of for the last four years is that we're reaching, you know, a group of black men who are marginalized um, and at times the voiceless. So this has given an opportunity for them not only to feel accepted or a sense of belonging in a space, um, but it's also encouraging the community to understand that there is a different types of social oppression that these young black men experience. Um, so just in the entitled of the next event, uh, looking at the relationship prisons and and detention centers that black men experience, many black, you know, marginalized black men experience, uh, it gives a different um, sense of understanding and a, a different sense of liberalities that these black men are facing based on that social oppression and, you know, and the legal system that, it, um, that uh, they encounter with. Um, but one of the things that you did mention, and thank you for bringing the, the topic of mentorship, um, you know, I had a mentor yeah, uh, at a, at, from the age of 11 years old. Um, you know, recently he did pass away, Jim Hayter Sr., um, and he always will be my, my forever mentor. But one of the things that I've learned in that relationship is that it, it's important to have someone in your life who's not only listening, but also providing you the, the guidance and appreciation for you as a human being. And one of the things that I've learned from, you know, from Hearst, you know, nicknamed Hearst or Dippy, um, is that you know, it's important for us to pay it forward. And paying it forward doesn't mean necessarily you know, talking a lot, but listening and it being active and also showing up. So a lot of the things that I've learned from my mentorship experience with Hearst, um, it also trans- transitions right into the barbershop talk. And we've seen some really good, you know, outcomes from this barbershop talk when it comes to mentorship. You know, we've all, we've seen, you know, moments where people, have, you know, get an understanding of what anti-black racism and gender, um, gender biases look like from a masculinity perspective. But we're also seeing, in that, in that same sense where people are being, uh, getting more knowledge and also wanting to connect with more people, particularly young black men, if that's meaning through um, one-on-one mentorship, employment opportunities, which we've seen, or even giving a, a, an additional space for black men to, to talk. So we've seen mentorship on different uh, facets, which is it, it's, it's in favor for the young black men who, who um, experience the barbershop talk. So how do we get involved in this next event then, Warren? Excellent question. So if you are interested in this barbershop talk, we are doing it in three cities. Uh, you don't have to fly to three cities if you're in Winnipeg or in two other cities. Uh, we are uh, going to be hosting the barbershop talk here in Winnipeg at Root Salon, uh, where it is that located in, in uh, downtown Winnipeg. Um, and the other two barbershops, it's going to be one in Toronto, which is Stubbs Barber Services. 
Uh, and the other one is going to be in Ottawa, which is the right cut. Um, and they're, we're hosting this as an online in-person platform. So uh, you're going to get to, if you're, you're interested, you can log in and register with the, um, uh, the link that uh, we can provide you if you email me or, uh, or the morning show. Uh, and then you can all uh, tune in uh, at home, or if you want to visit the barbershop and you feel that there's a need to be in person, we are accepting people with limited amount of numbers, uh, of course, uh, because we want to be mindful of the pandemic. Uh, but in, in doing so, um, this is an opportunity not only to to listen um, and gain information, but to join the conversation, just like you're in a barbershop. And that's what they, they, they vibe in the vibe and the um, the atmosphere we want to encourage. We want to encourage everyone to have a positive and, and conversation in a safe space. You're literally doing it in the barbershop on Vaughn. That's awesome. Literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you for taking the time for sharing this with us. And, you know, before we let you go, what, what, what is the next event that you mentioned? This is coming up. Um, this is your next one, but what's coming up after that? So we do have, this is a ongoing event. Uh, um, so when we look at different themes uh, you know, that you know, are relevant to the community, relevant to black men and, and their social, economic and political engagement. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, if you want more information, please uh, visit my website, uh, warrenclark.ca, which we um, continue to put updates on the next barbershop talk. Uh, but definitely want to give um, a quick, quick, quick shout out, if I can really quickly to um, not only uh, University of Manitoba, uh, but the Women and Gender Studies uh, Department, Anthropology Department, Criminology Department, and the Center for Professional Applied Ethics, um, the Royal Bank of Canada has always been a great supporter. Uh, and my colleague and um, you know co-founder who's doing this amazing work with me is Dr. Tamari Katosa. Uh, we have a great lineup of people who are going to be on this uh, talk with us, such as Louis March, Nia Singh, Brandon Hay, and Wilfred Sam King, who's here in Winnipeg. Uh, so I'd love to mention everyone. But uh, one more thing, last thing, I promise I'd like to talk. I'm sorry. Um, but if you're interested in this event as well, we are going to be prov- um, giving away a free pair of Jordan 1s. Um, so if you are interested in wearing the latest Jordan 1s, please register um, and uh, look forward to seeing you. Warren Clark, sociocultural anthropologist in the anthropology department at the University of Manitoba. Warren, thank you very much for joining us, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you and have a good day. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.